lovelies, and welcome to another edition of LGBT In The Ring, your rainbow bastion for all things pro wrestling. I am your host, Brian Bell, here with you once again on the Outsports Podcast Network, and after a week off <laughs> due to some difficulties I was going through, we are back, and we are back with a great fun returning guest this week, Miss Pollo Del Mar, the manager of Champions, the QWI Personality of the Year for 2021, is back on the show, and we're chatting everything from GCW to the NWA and everything in between, including the recently announced uh, fact that she's going to be facing off against uh, Washi Heights in a limp sync battle, and we finally found out the song uh, that that is going to t- be used in that in that battle coming up at Pride and Vibe weekend in June. Um, we get into more of that in in our conversation and all that good stuff. It's a, always a great chance to sit down and chat with Poyo. Um, but before we get to that conversation, it's been a busy busy week, y'all. Um, I, I mean, both for myself and for uh, queer pro wrestling. Let's be real. I mean, I, I literally, as I'm sitting here recording, it's like 2 in the morning. I got off a plane a few hours ago here, getting back home to Portland, uh, and came home, reviewed some stuff, and popped on this microphone to talk to all of y'all. <laughs> um, so, um, but yeah, it's it's been a busy week. We got a busy weekend coming up as well. Um, but let, I want to start off with uh, the thing that I saw when I was getting off of uh, my first flight before I got on my connecting flight. Um, I got off the plane and I saw a tweet from our friends at Let Them Wrestle. Shout out Patches and Kevin. Um, Making it known to me that Mercedes Martinez is now the unified, undisputed Ring of Honor Women's Champion. Amazing moment, main eventing AEW Dynamite on Wednesday. Um, all of the congratulations and, and pride and heart goes out to her for that amazing win, that amazing moment in her very storied, legendary career that she has had. Um, as Ring of Honor moves into this new ground that it's going to be uh, having, we don't know exactly how it's going to take shape yet, but there honestly are few choices better. I'd argue maybe a minuscule amount of choices uh, that stack up to Mercedes Martinez's legacy and ability in the ring. So it was amazing to see her get that win, get that title, and take that interim tag off of her championship that that she won uh, against Willow Nightingale back during WrestleMania weekend. Uh, just awesome moment to see. Go out of your way if you haven't seen the match yet. Um, the the end was just uh, it, it it honestly the ending of that match spoke very much to the passion that Mercedes still has for for pro wrestling and and all that it entails. So good. Um, also, we had some big moments outside of the ring. Uh, Devin Campbell, a referee here in the Pacific Northwest, my neck of the woods, came out as omnisexual. We had a story up on Outsports about that. Just wanted to take another chance to congratulate Devin on uh, you know living your truth and and putting yourself out there, having the strength to do that and to you know 
boldly proclaim uh, who you are. Uh, welcome to the family. Um, speaking of, uh, of of Devon, we also have to talk about Devon Monroe because Devon Monroe at Black Label Pro's Fancy Wrestling challenged Ace Austin uh, for the X Division Championship, probably the uh, most high-profile championship that Devon has challenged for to date. Uh, stellar match, a lot of fun. Go out of your way to check that out on IWTV. Um, we. We love Devon on this show. As it's been stated many times, Devon is one of my partner's favorite wrestlers. <laughs> and so anytime we get the chance to talk about Devon, we will hit on Black's Excellence's continued rise. Cannot wait to see um, to see Devon at Pride and Vibe Weekend. It's going to be a blast. Um, and then the week was also dominated by some other uh, major stories. Um outside of the ring as well. Um, you know, here on the show, we want to uh, send our um, our heart and our um, support to Richie Coy. Um, you know, they were very open about their struggles with uh, eating disorder uh, earlier this week and uh, just wanted to say that uh, we are there with you in spirit, Richie, and we support you and... and um, you know, like this community that we are in, we we build up and we support each other through tribulation. Um, and on that note as well, we cannot talk about that without talking about Dylan McQueen. Um, you know, obviously Dylan has been dealing with some major medical issues as well. Um, you know, just woke up one day without the ability to walk. It turned out that he has like a cracked hip, herniated disc, sepsis. Just a slew of things. It seems in the past 24 to 48 hours, there's been some very, very positive developments. You know, if you've been following his video messages that he's been putting out there, um, you know, he's been able to to walk around uh, a bit more now, and and he is determined to get back uh, to walking and to get back into the ring. Um, you know, one step at a time. Obviously, you always want to consider long-term health and that sort of thing, but. Dylan has a lot of fight in him, um, and you know we here LGBT in the ring are fully behind him as well as he comes back from from this injury and, and these health conditions, and only hope that we keep seeing him move in the right direction. So both Dylan and and Richie, you know, you have our support, you have our our hearts here at the show, um, and you have our encouragement as well. And then, you know, stepping back into the ring, big show from Action Wrestling coming up this Friday. Um, <laughs> Jawbreakers. We have two big title matches. Uh, Ashton Starr challenging Kevin Koo for the Action Wrestling Championship. And, of course, AC Mack defending the IWTV World Championship against Anthony Green. Two high-profile matches featuring two of the top, if not the top, LGBTQ names in the Southeast in all of independent pro wrestling, honestly. Uh, it's going to be a, a really fun night down there in Tyrone as we start to get closer and closer to Uncharted Territory debuting uh, down in Chattanooga, which, of course, Ashton Star is challenging Alec Price for the uh, the Sup Bone Store Championship there. So uh, it's it's going to be a really interesting weekend for the Southeast, 
uh, I will say. Keep your eyes tuned to Tyrone, honestly. That, that show's going to be great over on IWTV Friday night. Um, I, I honestly... <laughs> action always delivers. Action always delivers, and you know, AC and Ashton are a huge part of why that is a fact, honestly. And before the last thing before we jump into... The, my conversation with Pollo, and this kind of ties into it, we got the news that Max the Impaler is coming to the NWA, making Max the first out non-binary wrestler to ever wrestle for the NWA, and it's long storied history. Obviously, we saw history made last year with Jamie Senegal becoming the first uh, out trans woman to compete uh, in the NWA, and we're seeing it yet again with Max, you know, and the same way as we've had discussions about other promotions like GCW and like the slow integration of LGBTQ talent and and to see that progress continue to develop. It's what we're seeing in the NWA. There are are criticisms of of some of the people that the NWA um, brings in, you know, they're and everyone has a right to, to those criticisms as well and, and to, to be frustrated by some of the people that they book, honestly. But at the same time, there seems to be more of a concerted effort to continue to diversify their roster and bring in uh, faces and, and people who represent underserved communities, underrepresented communities like... Uh, different facets of the LGBTQ community, you know, and, you know, it's, trust me, feel the frustration, express the frustration, but also celebrate the wins, and Max the Impaler coming to the NWA is a definite, definite win, and I am very excited to see uh, what Max has in store whenever they debut with the NWA, Um, and you know what, we there's a little bit of that talk in my conversation with Pollo, so let's not wait any longer. Let's just jump right into that. Here's my conversation with Pollo Del Mar, the manager of champions. What's up, guys, gals, and non-binary pals? Welcome back to LGBT in the Ring, and I am very pleased to welcome back one of my favorite guests that we've had on the show, uh, Miss Pollo Del Mar, the manager of champions. Welcome back to LGBT in the Ring. Thank you for having me back. The manager of champions, the champion of managers, the QWI award-winning outsports pro wrestling personality of the year, darling, Miss Poydalmar. <laughs> Honestly, I can't do the intro as good as you, even though <laughs> I, I try, I try, but no, so many accolades. All deserving, honestly. Poyo, it's been a wild few months for you. You know, we, we talked back in January, um, but since then, it's been kind of wild. You've been going through doors. You've been powerbombing Joey Janela. You've been all over GCW. You've been uh, in multiple places. You went to another big gay brunch down in Dallas. And now, as we just learned before we started recording, we know what your uh, yours and uh, Washington Heights's uh, a lip sync battle is going to be contested under at this point. It has come to a head in June at Pride and Vibe. Miss Washington Heights and I will be in a lip sync battle 
for our lives. To Miss Whitney Houston's I'm Every Woman, of course, naturally. It's the perfect choice, honestly. It fits it fits the, the setting to a T. It fits both of you to a T. I, I, I'm very excited to see how that comes down because I know like I know you in Washington, I, I remember hearing y'all on the Grit and Glitter podcast a while back talking about like the similarities between drag and pro wrestling and drag culture and pro wrestling culture and that sort of thing. But we haven't had the showdown yet with you two. The two more most, I would say, at, th at this point at least, the two of the most predominant uh, drag figures in the pro wrestling scene. What does it mean to you to have this opportunity to, to go one-on-one -on -one with Washington in this setting? Well, it should mean much more to Washington than it means to me. I'm obviously the leading drag personality in the world of professional wrestling. And for Washington to step into the ring with me for a lip sync battle, I can only imagine that just tickles her inside to think of herself on even the, the same level as me, to be honest, darling. <laughs> no, I think this this moment does like symbolize a lot of things too. I mean, obviously with uh, Uncanny Attractions and their work kind of bringing drag and pro wrestling together previously in the New York area, um, we've definitely seen kind of a, a larger presence of drag, obviously at various, you know, pride shows and the implementation of the nobodies as well on uncanny shows and, and other shows there here and there uh, but it feels like between yourself and, and washington yourself more so is you're on more shows at this point but yourself and washington have kind of elevated that to a different level in terms of the, the interaction of of the drag culture with pro wrestling what do you feel is kind of attributes to that what makes that more not like except that except it isn't the right word but more like easily interfused in into wrestling well first of all i want to say that i think that um people have been long anticipating um a confrontation a showdown a face-to-face -face interaction between washington and myself washi of course representing the east coast and i representing the west coast but i would also say that i view at least at this juncture, what she and I do is very different. She's approaching this from an entirely different perspective, having grown up with this as part of her family life. And, you know, she is fusing her personal identity and family identity with a chosen identity. And so for her, there is, I think, a, a different perspective. And I, I'm not convinced in this, I don't mean this in the slightest way of shade or gay whatever but you know i i think that she has not either expressed or necessarily fully embraced the element of wanting to make pro wrestling her priority and you know she is very dedicated at this point in her career to being a part of the lgbt nightlife scene where she's at and in, in all of the surrounding areas and i fully understand that because uh, you know she would be the first to tell you that i'm much more mature than she is darling in terms of years in the game so uh, that is stuff that i've already done you know that's where i've been and i've done that and i feel so very fortunate to have accomplished everything in that arena that i wanted to accomplish and so for me pro wrestling has become the priority pro wrestling has become the focus and it's become at the forefront of my attention and my mind so what do I think 
um, attributes the ease with which we are now able to fuse drag and pro wrestling. I think that uh, a huge part of that comes from the idea that there is a far greater presence of LGBTQ plus people who are open and expressing themselves in that environment. I think that they're certainly uh, fostering around us a an audience of people who want to see and appreciate both art forms, the art form of pro wrestling, the art form of drag. And I, I think that that's a big part of it. One of the things that I personally aspire to is to extend that audience uh, of people who appreciate and understand what I do and respect it as a form of, uh, in many ways, like an extension of very traditional pro wrestling tropes and archetypes and personality types. My character is an extension of what we have already seen. It is just done in a way that we have not seen that done before. So that's my goal is to extend beyond the places where we are so comfortable living right now. And that's, they're still new. Those spaces are still new to us, but my hope is to, to help grow those outside of our traditional spaces, like a big gay brunch, like a pride and vibe. Uh, I would like to think that at some point in time, I'll be able to do that within the National Wrestling Alliance, for example. I think that we are doing that within uh, Game Changer Wrestling in the, the way that they're presenting me and so many of us there. So fingers crossed that that continues to grow. And what comes of Washi and me in, in New Jersey in June? Well, that's yet to be seen, dear. I'm excited to see what does come of that. Honestly, it's, it's, uh, I, I feel like that's, like you said, that's been a matchup that's been like a year plus in the making at this point. And, and I think that it's going to be a lot of fun to see unfold. Um, and also we should, I, on the same point that you brought up, I, I do commend Washi for what she has built for herself in the Baltimore area and in the nightlife scene there, like running her own shows now at this point, like she is, continually big, uh, uh, build up uh, a presence for herself there that um, absolutely obviously she's absolutely. bringing to pro wrestling as well. So it's amazing to see. Um, I do want to talk to you a bit about GCW, like you said, because you have become a fairly heavily featured person there, you know, whether you're managing dark chic or you are emceeing events here and there, you've definitely broken out of the, the big gay brunch bubble, I would say uh, with that company. Um, talk to me about like kind of getting more involved with GCW. Um, did that really start with, with LA fights? Was that like kind of the, the jumping off point for that in a way? No, not at all. Actually, uh, it started very much with Big A Brunch in Tampa mm -hmm. on April 10th of 2021. So last year, and that's where it started. Big A Brunch, um, Effie's Big A Brunch is an extension of GCW. It's under the GCW umbrella. And we present that in conjunction with the collective weekends. And it's a, such an integral part of that. So my relationship with GCW started there. And then it continued when we went in September to Chicago for the GCW's uh, and Effie Big Gay Brunch number three. So when that began to develop, um, that relationship started to unfold and I had the opportunity to work with Brett Lauderdale in a few different capacities. And at that point, I think that he started to reach out to me a little bit more. We had, you know, a professional relationship and, and we developed that to the point where when he was looking to do something on the West Coast, 
specifically at that time, I did not know it would be LA Fights. When he started to look at LA Fights, I think that he really wanted me to be part of that. And I feel very fortunate that I was one of the people he hand-selected to be part of that team pretty much, I think, from go. Talk to me a bit about that that relationship with Brett that you've built up because like obviously he's reaching out to you to talk about like doing this thing on the west coast that turned into LA fights like there has to be a lot of confidence from from him towards you in, in that way how was that relationship with, with Brett built up over the last year plus since since Tampa first and foremost I would like to go on the record as saying that it's uh presumptive of me to think that Brett Lauderdale has any kind of opinion of me. He does tease me. Um, he teases me uh, pretty relentlessly. And that's fine. I think that for him, that that's a sign of appreciation. It's a, he's an East Coaster, darling. Like they, if they don't, if they're not being shady to you, what are they being at all, if anything? <laughs> exactly. So, but interestingly enough, I attribute um his seeing me in a different light to um, a tremendous amount of issues that happened largely behind the scenes when we were in Chicago for Big A Brunch. Mm. And so I am the type of individual when I come into an environment, I try to just give 110%. Like wherever you need me, put me there. I'll figure it out. If I don't know how to do it, you know, tell me what needs to happen. I'll make it happen. And it's something that MV Young once, I remember saying, I don't remember where we were, but MV Young, I think we were in, all in Vegas, a collection of us were in Vegas together. And, and somebody said something in relation to whatever was going on. And MV just said, don't worry about it. It's just mom Poyo doing mom Poyo things. And basically um, sort of taking that, taking that role, it's very natural to me darling in my advanced age with my level of glamour and maternal instincts just to like come together like what let me know what needs to happen and when we were in Chicago I recall I, I was actually rooming with Effie during that brunch and you know he had promised everybody food and for whatever reason the food order for Effie's Big Apron Chicago last September fell through the day before whatever was supposed to happen did not and this all was transpiring just as Effie was about to leave our hotel room and go to be part of the War Games match, that huge War Games match, which you may recall, it was the same night that John Moxley came in and won the, the GCW world title. Mm -hmm. Big and night. Big night. And so Effie was rather freaking out. And so I just said to him, like, well, what do you want? What kind of food do you want? And he was like, I don't care at this point. And um, I asked a few questions and I just said, like, you know, go do war games, darling. And, you know, mother, mommy will take care of it. You know, when you get done, it'll, and I did, you know, I, um, and it wasn't glamorous, but we were up against a wall and we made it happen. And so that's, I think where, um, Brett was like, holy crap. Like, you know, when the shit hits the fan for lack of a better, uh, or more fabulous term, like I'm dependable, you know, and I, I was able to make that happen. So I think that for him, he's so comfortable. Brett is so comfortable with the East Coast. That's where GCW is based. Jersey Championship Wrestling has been there. And LA Fights was something it had over time become like a second home for GCW. And, and Brett loves it there and obviously identified in, he's a very wise and intelligent business person. It identified there was an audience there, but it was a lot of unknowns. And even though I'm hours away in San Francisco, 
he recognized that when things needed done, like perhaps he needed somebody on the team who was able to, to come through in a pinch. So I feel really fortunate to have one, whatever level of trust, Brad, if you're listening to this, just go ahead and scoff, dear, just scoff and like, you know, tell people that whatever that drag queen, but you know, I do feel confident and comfortable that I was able to become part of that enough that he offered me the role that I've got now at LA fights. LA fights is really quickly growing and people are able to tune in. If you are interested in finding out more about it, the next LA fights is going to be on May 21st. It's a double header with GCW in Los Angeles at the Ukrainian culture center. If you are not able to be there live and in person, you can catch LA fights live for free on GCW's YouTube channel. And you'll see that Jordan Castle and I are the hosts, but I, I've been uh, lucky that I've gotten to do commentary on those shows. And that has moved into occasional commentary on various other GCW shows, specifically those on the West Coast. And most recently, as you mentioned, working with Dark Chic when GCW proper made its debut in San Francisco just last month. Yes, and that show felt like it had a lot of momentum and significance behind it. Obviously, debuting in a new city is always big for a company like GCW, but seeing the response whenever you and Sheik came out during that match and knowing like the reverence that Hood Slam has in that area mm -hmm. and to see that it was paid tribute to her during that interest, during the course of that match uh, with Joey Janela, what was that moment like for you to see the Bay Area respond to this company that has embraced you in the way that it has? Well, the interesting thing to note about that is that that is the kind of reception that GCW, Game Changer Wrestling, gets in every market that it goes to, whether it's going to Columbus, Ohio for the first time ever on April 22nd recently, or it is going to be going to Indiana, Rhode Island. It's going, you know, GCW is growing very rapidly and touring in new locations. So they get that kind of response. And I say they because I am not part of the touring cast of that show. I am not part of the main roster on an ongoing basis. Brett Lauderdale, darling, please change that. Whisk me away, dear. But the fact is that GCW gets that response everywhere and Dark Chic gets that response everywhere. Dark Chic is a phenomenon and Dark Chic is just so happens to be one of my favorite people to spend time with. So the fact that I had the opportunity to work with her on that show, the fact that I was making in many ways my GCW main roster debut as her manager for that specific show, we came out to... Uh, perhaps a marginally improved response over what she would have gotten just by herself because she is a phenomenon. And the, it, for me, it was an ecstatic moment. I got to make my GCW main roster debut. And I always talk about that. I always talk about it like, you know, like LA fights and JCW are the developmental territories to, for people who are on the, the GCW main roster. And that is undoubtedly one of my goals this year is to be, to make that jump. Uh, but it was so exciting and it's, it's rewarding because Sheik is, is a beloved personality in the Bay area, even though she is not from San Francisco, she's from Oakland and hood slam is uh, largely it stems and emanates from Oakland, but it's done so many shows of great success in San Francisco. And of course I, 
have my own bit of a following here at home. So one would hope, one would certainly hope. So together, I, I think we make such a powerhouse duo to begin with. And I love any opportunity to walk through those curtains in support of her. Now, you speak about your own following in San Francisco. I was going to ask you about that as well with, with that, with, with you making your debut there uh, in San Francisco as well, because obviously you've been not just involved with, with the drag scene in, in San Francisco for a long time, but also the independent wrestling scene there. You know, you've, you've done the, the wrestling charity shows. You promoted shows in, in that area as well. Um, obviously, you know, never to the success of Sheik, of course, never, <laughs> nobody can really brag that, but yes, yeah. go on. I'm sorry, oh, no, you're fine. You're fine. But like, I mean, you know, in the conversations I've had with, with Margot Mayor, one of your leashes uh, in, in the agenda, you know, he spoke to how like the events that you promoted in the city really led him into the industry in a way you've had an influence in, in the work that you've done so far um, in that city. Does, does obviously like you said that that added to it in a way but like how like knowing your history with pro wrestling in san francisco like how how sig how really significant personally is it for you that moment for me was certainly the biggest moment of uh i've had as a pro professional wrestling personality in this city I have been doing, I just celebrated 16 years as Pollo del Mar, darling, just last week. And during that time, I have been many things to many people and many things in many communities. And what I mean by that is that um, my place in our city and my place as Pollo del Mar in our community has changed over the years. You know, as I've grown and evolved, my, my involvement has grown and evolved. So I've been parts of every community um, within the LGBTQ community here at home. And I have been part of the wrestling community, but the wrestling community that GCW pulls together is an entirely different level. You know, it's something so much more significant in terms of numbers and visibility and uh, viability. I think that GCW is such a viable commodity in the city. I think that there are people who are hungry for that. And we saw that because it was largely sold out that day. So for me, it was, it was very, um, it was a very big event. And I will tell you one of the ironies of that experience was that it was an ultimate culture clash for me because the venue that we had it in, which is called Midway, is a very large venue. Uh, we were on one side, which is a huge room that obviously can house a pro wrestling pay-per-view type of event like we were throwing. And on the opposite side is a much smaller room where community organizations and things of that nature will hold like maybe a 200 person fundraising event. And I had first ventured into the Midway about six months before that. And the very first thing I said, as soon as I saw that big room is, oh my God, I wanna do pro wrestling here. So as it turned out, the very day that we were doing the GCW pay-per-view event, Devil in a New Dress, in the opposite room was a fundraising event for a, a drag affiliated nonprofit of which I was sitting on the board at that time. <laughs> <laughs> and I could not attend my other event because I was on pro wrestling pay-per-view 
but in the hallways that can join them, they were there were tons of people from my fundraising and drag life bumping heads, not figurative, like figuratively, not literally, with people who know me from pro wrestling. And it was a very mind-blowing experience to have my worlds sort of collide at that point. <laughs> what were those interactions like, like from just viewing them and in, in, for yourself? I mean, it was really wonderful because the thing that has unquestionably tickled me is how eye-opening my involvement in the world of professional wrestling has been, not just to non-LGBTQ plus people, but to the people who have known me, as I said, for some of them 16 years as Pollo Del Mar, this community activist or um, a drag performer at the nightclub, a nightclub personality, whatever they may know me as, and now they're seeing me as a professional wrestling personality. And so I've been very tickled at how mind blown many of these people are. Like, what do you mean that you are power bombing television stars through tables? What do you mean <laughs> that you are traveling to Nashville, Tennessee on an ongoing basis to work with the National Wrestling Alliance? What do you what do you mean that you're a columnist for Pro Wrestling Illustrated? Like, how did this happen? So they are as kind of taken aback by it, I think as many of our heterosexual counterparts are who are scratching, they're all scratching their head. Everyone in my life is scratching their heads at this point. <laughs> it's all, I mean, I love like how the, these worlds do come together in that way. And yes. to see an actual tangible example of that is, is, is awesome to hear. I, I wish I could have been there to just, to just watch and see how that all unfolded there. Um, one more question about GCW. I do, I do want to talk to you about NWA as well, because it, it's been a, a, not only through your work with NWA, but it's been an interesting week uh, with, with some announcements with the NWA as well. Um, with GCW, I feel like a lot of people watching and seeing people kind of break off from the Big Gay Brunch or from LA Fights and JCW that are part of the community and being mm -hmm. featured more on GCW proper shows. Um, that is obviously a, a sign of progress, a sign of development um, for, for our community within the company. Uh, there's been some like some focus, obviously, still on GCW fans. And I, you know, this isn't this is not, not a shade on, on anybody or anything like that. But I'm curious to get your take on how the GCW fan base has how you feel they've embraced queer more queer presence on GCW shows um, and even just with with yourself as well. It's so what I well, the first thing that comes to mind, I'm pausing here because I'm thinking about this, but the first thing that comes to mind is when we were all at the Hammerstein and, and we weren't all at the Hammerstein. I was very blessed to be one of <laughs> we who was at the Hammerstein uh, to kick off this year for GCW. And, you know, I remember being in the ring at with everybody at the end of the show when Brett Lauderdale said, we're going to make wrestling gayer. I remember being surrounded by people who um, were just seemingly in adoration of everything that was happening. That place was sold out. I, people legitimately, it felt like hanging from the rafters, like quite literally almost. And I feel strongly that because of the way that 
big gay brunch sort of infiltrated the collective, uh, you know, five collectives ago or whatever it was, that over a period of time has become one of the most sought after tickets at any collective weekend. And it has either knowingly or unknowingly begun to bridge a tremendous gap between worlds. And I certainly think that there are fans of GCW proper who may not necessarily love all elements of what's happening here. But in a far larger part of the spectrum of audience members, I think that we are among some of the most beloved people who are on those shows. And I, a huge element of that lands in the lap of people who are legitimate favorites among the GCW audience who have legitimized us as members of that community, who have legitimized us as members of that roster. People, you know, who is anyone to, um, who wants to go to those shows, who is a fan of GCW, who are any of those audience members to speak out against people who clearly have Nick Gage's support, right? If you want to look exclusively at the world of GCW, Nick Gage is the measuring stick for what it means to, to be GCW, tried and true, like, you know, red, white, and blue, bleeding GCW. And he is, I, I cannot recall um, any of the more recent events of GCW that I've been on where he hasn't almost ended up partying in our hotel room. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. so, so that says to me that if, that this starts at the top, like Brett and, and Nick and like um, Mance and, uh, you know, Justice and like all of these people who are at the very top of the GCW food chain. And we are, we're just part of the crew. We're part of the team. And we are, I, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that for many of those people, like they, they love us. They just outright love us. And they, they don't, I don't think we are the, the gay people to them. We're, we're just part of the family. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's what you, I think, I think that's always the end goal. That it's is just is to be part of the family. Yeah. You know, and I think to, to your point, it's celebrated like, for your differences, celebrated for yes, who you are, of but of course. at the same time, not like put in your own category. Like we, we don't have to sit at the gay table. Yes. You know what I mean? You're not solely defined by, by any part of your identity. It's, it's all about celebrating those parts, but being identified as the whole person that you are. And, and, and part I feel, of the whole team. Yes. And part of the whole team. And GCW has definitely, I think, gotten a lot better about that obviously i feel like you know obviously evie and ali are the tag team champions right now dark chic is the like one of if not you know well, one of the most popular figures in that company anywhere that she goes mm -hmm. you're seeing people like jai or, and or jay rather i always why do i always go to jai jay vidal and kita like tearing it up in la fights billy dixon doing commentary in at jcw he's, he's surreal at jcw like we're seeing more of our of our community getting onto these things and then it's kind of just solidifying that point more and more.
Alright, Yens. Thank you so much for tuning in to LGBT in the Ring. Um, we'll get right back into the thick of things, but I do want to take a pause real quick and say thank you to some amazing people that make this show as rad as it is. Starting off with Daniel Quasar, the Progress Pride Flag designed by Daniel Quasar is a product of Progress Initiative. You can find out more at quasar.digital. A big thank you to Sarah in the Safe Word for the show's theme song, Formula 666, off the album Red Hot and Holy. You can find them on Twitter at STSW Band, and you can check out their music on both Spotify and Bandcamp at sarahinthesafeword.bandcamp.com. Um, check out independentwrestling.tv for the best in current and classic independent pro wrestling, including live events from top independent promotions worldwide. Uh, you can use our promo code LGBTRingPod or visit tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT and peruse their entire library uh, over there at independentwrestling.tv. Once again, promo code LGBTRingPod or go to tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT check out that service uh, you can follow the show on twitter at lgbt ring pod you can follow me on twitter at wonderboy otm and if you're into video games definitely check out my video game news show the mr video game super show i co-host that with uh, twitch streamers slacker kite and lady Merwin every monday at 8 p.m eastern 5 p.m pacific over on twitch.tv slash dead sun entertainment uh, it's your weekly roundup of gaming news, uh, and it's always a blast. So once again, check that out every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, over at twitch.tv slash deadsunentertainment. Sun like the star. We'll be right back with more LGBT in the ring. Well, moving from GCW, let's talk about NWA, because obviously you are continuing to grow in your presence with, with that company. And, uh, you know, you talk about having influence in different places and that sort of thing. I don't know if we can fully attribute this to your presence being there and having more uh, LGBTQ, LGBTQ identities normalized on the programming. But obviously the news that Max the Impaler is coming to the NWA, the first non-binary wrestler to wrestle in the NWA, I, I honestly, to, to, for my preliminary research, the first and only the non-binary outward identifying non-binary wrestler to step into the NWA ring. Um, that is huge news, huge news uh, for that company. Um, and with you being like one of the, the more prominent LGBTQ figures with the NWA right now, um, I'm curious to, to get your thoughts on Max coming to the NWA. I'm first and foremost, I'm excited to, see Max go anywhere. I, I love them. I love Max um, very much. I have had this tremendous opportunity to talk to them when we were in Dallas. Max and I were uh, sort of, you know, separated off for a little bit and we were there after everybody, many other people had left and I had some great conversations um, with them. And, and Max is somebody who I have followed their career since really fairly early on when they were in Ohio Valley wrestling and sort of watching their evolution of self-understanding, self-presentation, all of this. So it's been, it's been rather exciting in that regard. But in terms of the National Wrestling Alliance, I haven't been as prominent there as I would like to be. And as fingers crossed, I will be going forward. And I, I can't really speak too much about that, but I, there have certainly been 
uh, you know, my appearances with them at the, the pay-per-view. I was scheduled to be at Crockett Cup and that was a catastrophe. It did not happen. I, I have helped to produce a couple of episodes behind the scenes of their 10 Pounds of Gold series. And there's a, a significant amount more in the works. But one of the things I will tell you is that Billy Corgan very specifically said to me um, that one of his goals moving forward without throwing the, the tradition of National Wrestling Alliance to the wind, because that's something that's so valued there. One of the things that he has as a goal is to allow the National Wrestling Alliance of now to better reflect what our world at large is. So as we know, the prevalence and prominence uh, and emergence of people who are non-binary is something that's that's happening and it's creating a conversation. And so I think that certainly, I'm definitely, by the way, not the only LGBTQ person there. Yes. There are at least three of us that I know who are really open. And, and so therefore there's, uh, you know, a growing presence there. But um, one of the things that I will, I, I wanted to, a story I would love to share with you that I don't think I've ever shared in an interview happened during one of our most recent trips uh, to a set of TV tapings in Nashville. And for people who are familiar with my social media, I that was when I inter interviewed and did that uh, re recording of an interview with Chelsea Green and with the Hex. And so we were sort of like shooting, I, I consider that like shooting a pilot for a possible TV show type of thing. But one of the things that happened there is, and I won't name names just because of the fact that it was done in private and it was but it was so moving, somebody who is very prominent there, we'll say that, somebody very prominent, a very prominent professional wrestling figure who I've had nothing but absolutely wonderfully positive interactions with, came up to me on day like two or so of television tapings in the locker room area and said, hey, can I talk to you for a minute? And I was like, sure, what's going on? And uh, the, the individual said to me, I don't even know how to approach this. I'm, this is uncomfortable, but I want to make sure that I'm not offending you. And I was like, oh, let me guess. Is it the gender thing? You know, is it the gender thing? And he said, yes. And so um, I explained how, the same way that I do many, many times is that I play a character, she is a female. That character, when people reference that character, she's a female, darling. She's, she is Poya Del Mar, the manager of champions. But outside of that character, I identify as male, but I also have no gender-related trauma or dysmorphia. So I have no issues with any gender that they call me because first of all, you cannot have been a drag queen for 16 years without becoming wildly accustomed to being called she. Mm -hmm. And Dark Chic actually refers to me using they, them, because when people talk to her about me, she almost, and since she knows me in many facets, she almost references me as if I'm my own couple, you know, like <laughs> her and him together. Um, so I don't have that. But afterwards, you know, I was like, I just want to thank you for being so forthcoming with asking and 
letting me know that you value me enough to have an uncomfortable conversation so that you can accommodate my, my needs. And this is somebody who, let's just say, could not be more of a good old boy, like, you know, corn fed through and through. And, and somebody who is, by all accounts, an extremely, quote, traditional NWA type of talent. So I left that experience thinking to myself, damn, like my presence here really is making some kind of a difference because it, at least it's bringing to the forefront of people's thought process this conversation. No, that's that's amazing to hear, actually, because like, as we've seen in the greater like culture of America and, and honestly outside of it as well, like those conversations are those uncomfortable conversations are ones that people don't really want to have at all, whether it be for their own fears of what they don't understand or fears of offending someone or just an outright refusal to understand these sort of things. So that is a, a huge step for anyone to make, much less someone that is, is has entrenched in pro wrestling in a way like that. So that's amazing to hear. I was rather blown away by it. And I actually, you brought up Marco uh, earlier in, in the conversation and I, I sent him a text saying like, you're never gonna believe what just happened. Like, you know, this person came to me and, and said this. And then, you know, the flip side of that is I've met other people who are, you know, needless to say, the women are all in, incredible. Like the, you know, the women of yes. NBA are all <laughs> unbelievable. They, they are like, they've been on board since go because that's, I was introduced through them, right? I was introduced to NWA through Empower, through the women's movement there. But the the men have been as well. And so the the people of NWA have been incredibly embracing. And then I I meet legitimate literal legends like <laughs> like the sinister minister James Mitchell who I don't want to blow up his spot because he, you know, everybody knows that he's an evil bastard or what have you, but we were supposed to all be, and I was supposed to be actually this past weekend in, uh, in Oak Grove, Kentucky. Like I was going to be helping, helping behind the scenes for the most recent power trip to there. And James sent me a text and was like, Hey, are you coming, you know, to, to Oak Grove? And I was like, well, shit, now, now I want to go because if you want me there. And he was like, I was just hoping that we'd get to hang out and see each other. Cause I spent um, almost half, like, it felt like the majority of my time there when I wasn't actually running around doing work, just hanging out with James Mitchell and just pitch it, pit, you know, digging through his mind and like sorting through and picking his brain. Gosh, is like literal legend in the world of professional wrestling. So what a blessing. Oh, it certainly sounds like it. And there, there are definitely worse people you could spend time with than Father James Mitchell. Let's be real. Absolutely. You know. Brilliant. You know, the work that he did for Impact and TNA when it was still TNA, just some brilliant work. And somebody who understands the nuances of what it means to dedicate your career to being a professional wrestling manager, which mm -hmm. everyone knows is what I have always aspired to. No, and it's also interesting that, that that relationship has kind of developed as well for you, considering, you know, how close he was with, with Chris Canyon 
as well and in having that relationship there and really before there was any modicum of you know acceptance in pro in mainstream pro wrestling at least you know to know how close he was with Canyon through all most all of his ordeal there as well I'm sure that has some significance too yeah and I didn't even know about that relationship or the depth of it we'll say until you know the dark side of the ring episode which was that was one of the most they're they're all heartbreaking in their own right but that one certainly hit much closer to home than most yeah no it definitely did it definitely did no i mean the nwa like you said like you're you're not obviously not the only one there i mean Pero has been outstanding there you know even in like the early days with ashley fox showing up there as well of course your introduction alongside jamie senegal that history making moment was was awesome the nwa is moving in in the right direction and there's nothing to say that you can't honor history while also making new history as well absolutely correct and i think that we are going to see more of that i i think that nwa that i i'm privy to information that that i can certainly cannot discuss but there are some exciting things that are on the horizon for National Wrestling Alliance, whether that's new additions to their roster or new um, creative outlets for fans, things of that nature. There's a lot that's happening. And if all goes well, uh, you know, there's a strong, strong probability that I could be an on-air character by the end of summer. So you know, that's something that has certainly been talked about. It's been discussed. And I, I don't want to count my chickens before they're hatched so that I'm publicly humiliated, darling, if it doesn't come to pass. But the, the fact is that those are things that have been discussed. And I'm so excited because of all the, the wrestling organizations that are currently in existence, the National Wrestling Alliance is the only one that I can say I watched legitimately as a child and feel connected to on that emotional level, you know, based on young adult aspirations and, and things like wanting to grow up and manage the National Wrestling Alliance Tag Team Champions, not the WWF Tag Team Champions, not the this or that Tag Team Champions. Exclusively, I wanted to manage the NWA World Tag Team Champions. I, I very specifically wanted to manage the Midnight Express, but that, that ship has sailed, but <laughs> there, there are new opportunities for, perhaps. So <laughs> there's so many things and I, I want to accomplish those and let's hope that that opportunity is able to be presented as the year. Uh, I am definitely manifesting that for you. I am putting all of that toward, all of my energy towards that for you. Um, it'll be exciting to see it happen. Uh, as we wind down here, Poyo, I, I do want to end going back to GCW for a second because you got to talk to me about powerbombing Joey Janela. What the hell? <laughs> You've been well, going through doors. You're throwing people through doors. Like what? What is? What is? What is going on? There is no end to my abilities, talents, or opportunity to surprise and delight, darling. So, I. I thought that that was such um, a memorable moment for people and the the shock and the um, 
wonderment in the voices of our commentary team for GCW. Kevin Gill being like, what the hell is going on here? Shout out to my dear friend, Kevin Gill, uh, a fellow San Franciscan. So I, I don't know. I even... I even I don't know what I'm capable of sometimes. So the fact remains that um, a girl can only get beat up so many times before she has to fight back. And with a nasty brute like Joey Janela trying to lay his filthy hands on my homegirl, Dark Sheik, well, I just had to do what I had to do. And if it so happened that that started with a delightful kiss, Joey Janela, you're very welcome, darling. And it ended with a power bomb and a coast to coast with the chair, an homage to the original manager of champions, Fonz, Bill Alfonso, yes. and Sabu back in the day. Um, so be it. <laughs> it was an amazing moment, honestly. It, it, it got me out of, out of my seat, honestly. Like it, I, I, I jumped out for it. It was, I don't know, it, especially considering like, so to this point, like much of the physicality that we've seen you in, in the ring has been like you getting put through something. It's nice to see yeah. you kind of get the upper hand on, on this for once. Well, the distinction has been that in most of the places where I have my greatest success, I am a, a villain. You know, I'm, yes. I am, I am the villain and the villain always somehow some way is humiliated or gets their you know just desserts and in my case for my meddling it's often being hit with either a dildo or put through a door i'm not sure how this comes to pass <laughs> but both have happened twice except one of the times i was put through a door was by Pero, who was the villain and i was the you know the hapless baby face going through the, the door at big gay brunch with the referee but in this instance, there was no two greater baby faces in that building at that moment than Dark Sheik and myself. And while people, you know, see me and perhaps forget, uh, I am a Glamazon for a reason. I'm, you know, over six foot tall, out of heels. And when you put me in the heels and all of my accoutrements, I am a very, very large and very powerful woman. <laughs> so Joey Janela, never underestimate the power of body language. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is the perfect place to end this conversation, Poyo. I love it so much. Thank you for coming back on the show again. Uh, it's always a, a, a treat to sit down and chat with you. Let everybody know where they can find you online and what you have coming up. Absolutely. Follow me, please, on all of my various social media outlets. If you love professional wrestling, which one can imagine that you must if you're listening to this at this juncture, uh, follow me on Twitter, the Glamazon PDM. I, am, I talk almost nothing but professional wrestling there. If you want to see my fun and fabulous life in photography and photographs please follow me on instagram at pollo delmar fans i frequently will stream old school wrestling on twitch at just plain old twitch.tv slash pollo delmar and if you want to read my thoughts on the world of professional wrestling please pick up a copy of pro wrestling illustrated on newsstands now where you can find my debut column 
Hoya Del Mar on heels. I picked up my copy just today at a local supermarket, Brian. Can you imagine me? Who is she even? <laughs> it's almost as if like you should just have that hand delivered to you by Kevin himself. I would think so. And I appreciate, darling, you allowing me to grill him and put him on the spot. That's what this this the show is. It's a platform for us to get what's ours, what we deserve. Exactly, my just desserts. Y'all, the, the unfortunate problem is with my ample waist size, every time I get my just desserts, I just suck them down and have to find new ones. <laughs> new desserts. Well, hopefully there will be many, many desserts in your future, Poyo. Thank oh you so God. much. Thank you, dear. <laughs> my thanks once again to Poyo for taking the time to sit down and chat with me. Uh, I do apologize a little bit about some of the, the audio issues there. Uh, recording remote on an old laptop uh, in a hotel room in California. You don't always have the best setups, but you make do with what you got uh, because that is my commitment to this show and to getting it out there for all of you. I will do everything that I can outside of listening to my body <laughs> to make sure that uh, that we have these conversations out there because they are important to continue to have as we continue to see the progress made um, in the world of pro wrestling. That is going to do it for us this week, though, um, on this show. Come back next week. We are going to have another guest, another awesome conversation for all of you and you know we're inching closer to pride and vibe weekend pro wrestling vibes a big lgbtq pro wrestling festival in june and there will definitely be some guests that you're going to see on the on those shows the cassandra cup and paris is bumping uh on this podcast and we are very very happy to to sponsor that show that weekend uh for all of you it cannot wait cannot wait but until then y'all stay messy wash your hands wear your mask get vaccinated and boosted if at all possible and how badass did nyla rose look in that aew video game footage Give me a deal with the